verse 20. John 14, verse 20. And I'm going to do things a little different today. I'm going to put some people on the spot. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call somebody up here. Amen. Mr. Johnson, come up here. That's Mr. Johnson. <laughs> well, we got another Mr. Johnson. <laughs> Brother Johnson. Whatever. Now, I need you to read that for me. In that day you will know me. I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Read it again, please. At that day you will know me. You will At know. Least you will know. You will know. That I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Amen. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Wonderful. At that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Question. What day was he talking about? Do you really know? That he is in the Father, the Father in him, he in you, you in him. Do you really know that? Do, have you really come to know? He's talking about today that you will know. That should make a difference. If you really know that you, Jesus is in the Father and you are in him, and he is in you, Jesus is in the Father, if he's in the Father and you are in him, then you are also in the Father, and Jesus is in you. That should make a difference, the way you think about yourself. Not about church, just you and him. Just you and him. We're talking about the authority of the believer. The authority and power of the believer. If I am in Christ and Christ is in me, the devil should recognize that. Because every time he saw Jesus, he recognized that this was the Son of God. They said, we know you. Remember, we know you. And for Paul and Barnabas, the demons said, we know you. They always know. And the devil should recognize that the Father is in you. The scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. So you have the greater one living inside of you. You must never forget that. Let your subconscious self soak it. Until it becomes a part of you where you really know this. Meditate in this. That Jesus lives in you, and now you carry Jesus everywhere you go. The, the world may not recognize it, John, John tells us that, but the demons, they know who they're looking at every time they look at you. I want to let you know I'm enjoying, digressing, enjoying praying for those who have businesses in our church. Amen? I got all that list with me. And I'm praying for every one of those 
that are in that list in their businesses. And I'm praying for every one of them. I believe that many of them will become millionaires. Amen. Amen. I'm praying for every one of them and I'm really enjoying myself. I'm really enjoying myself praying for those. And if you have a business and your name is not in that list or your business is not, is not there, I feel led by God to pray for those, the businesses in our church. Please let me pray for them. And I know I've already told the Lord, I know how I'm going to tell that you are answering my prayers. I know how to evaluate it because I have to evaluate it. But I know God has already answered the prayer. But I'm going to be praying because he said to continue to pray. Amen. So we should know that God lives in us. Jesus told us about the day. That day has come. And if you don't already know, you really need to know. Because Jesus said you will know. Then it means if you don't know, your God has not unveiled it to you. But the day you recognize it, your attitude towards spiritual things, towards life, towards Jesus, towards those that are outside, the kingdom of God will change. Because now you are carrying Jesus to them. And the Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors for Christ. Let me show you something in Colossians. Because what, what I want to go into now is to talk about the fact that the Bible is so clear that Jesus is the head and we are his body. A lot of Christians know about that, but they have not really meditated on what God is really saying. It's replete in scriptures. God keeps going over and over this one subject that Jesus is the head of the church, his body. He keeps repeating it. We are his body. The head is in heaven. The body is on earth. The all power has been given to Christ, who is the head and the body. Look at scriptures carefully. You know, in, in my early years, I was very concerned. I used to be so concerned. I didn't want any false doctrine. Amen. I didn't want to be taught something wrong. And so I closed up. I was afraid. I just wanted what I thought was the truth. And the truth was seen through the, my own lens. You know, that's all. I know God will not allow me. My heart is right towards God. He's not going to allow me to be misled. So I ask him questions. Please, show me. And he reveals himself to me. And whenever God has revealed the truth to me, I like experiments. I go out and experiment on what he's shown me. And see what he will do. And every time he confirms it. And after he's confirmed it, I decide what I've been hearing before now is all wrong. I'll stay with what God's shown me. And that gives me greater boldness towards God. Jesus said, if you are, he said, he, the one who the Father gives to me, no one can pluck him out of my hands. Remember that? Those that the Father has given me, no one can pluck them out of my hand. The one, my Father who gave, to, gave them to me, he's greater than all. And Jesus said, I have not lost one single one that the Father gave to me, except the son of perdition. So once you have become a believer, 
Unless your heart is not right towards God, relax. Let God give you revelation. Let God show you things that you didn't know before. The Bible says, call on me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. You can always depend on what you know. Read the scriptures. Open your mind to the scriptures and tell God's spirit to guide you. He said, when the spirit of God is come, he will guide you into all truth. I've got the Holy Spirit. Amen. And whenever I hear something that don't make sense, I don't know every verse. I know that don't make sense. I usually go back and I will research it until I find the truth from the word for myself. I don't need, and I like it when I hear something from me, research it. Research it. I change my mind so quickly if you are right. Once I see it from the scriptures, two or three more more verses, that's it. Even if I believed it ten years ago, you just blessed me by opening my eyes. I'll change my mind right away. Because God, this word of God must take preeminence over every man's belief. It has to be from the scriptures. It's very important. Amen? That way you can be free. He who the Son makes free is free indeed. I'm free. Amen? I'm really free. I have no fear of anything. Amen? Because the Son had made me free. There was a time I couldn't say that. That was the truth. I couldn't say that. I feared demons. Anything that moves in my room, I will be calling on the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All of them, please come over here and help me. I don't have to do that now. I have no fear because the greater one lives in me. In that day, at that day, you would know that I am in the Father and you are in me. And I am in you. Nothing to be afraid of. No pestilence will come near your dwelling. The Bible makes it very clear. We shouldn't be afraid of anything. I pray for our church and every member of our church. But I also pray for my family. And I'm very comfortable that my family is blessed. And this family is blessed. And we will have no need. Because God will always meet our needs. If I have unrest in my mind, I pray until I have peace. And once I have peace, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Because I know God has answered my prayer. Every time you pray, God answers. Jesus was clear about that. He was very clear about the fact. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Whatever. Whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Every time a preacher puts but, he doesn't want to listen to what Jesus had to say. Jesus didn't qualify it. He just said, whatever. Because he knows if his spirit is living in you, what you will want is something that is going to help the kingdom of God. And help your life. And your family. So he says, Whatever. Because you are a family member. I like to use that word. Realize you are a family member of the house of God. Think about it. You are a family member. You are well recognized in this family. Think about it. You are, as a child of God, 
you are well recognized and accepted as a beloved child in God's family. You are a family member. And the devils recognize that you are a member of God's family. Carry yourself as like one of them. Amen. Carry yourself just like that. Because if you don't think that way, you won't act that way. And if you don't act that way, and you don't think that way, then you are not really that way. You got to think about what God told us. Amen. I want to share something about this body of Christ in Colossians chapter 1, beginning from verse 15 through 18. Uh, Let me show you something here that is so important, important. He started by talking about Jesus himself and who Jesus is and what God has done. Through Jesus. He says he is the image of the invisible God. When you saw, and Jesus made it clear. You see me, you've seen the Father. You can't see God because he's invisible. But if you see Jesus, you've seen God. So Jesus is God. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation. That Jesus. For by him, that's Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible. If it exists, Jesus created it. Whether you can see it or you can see it, they are under his control. He created it. Gravity, Jesus created it. The blood moon, Jesus created it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll be hearing a lot about that. My wife is bugging me. You better study that thing. I don't know, but (laughs) all of it, whether you see it or you don't see it, He created it. Visible and invisible. And they are all, when God is saying he created it, that's what he's saying. They are all under his control. That's what he's talking about. They are all under his control. The only place Jesus didn't have authority was the earth. Because God gave the authority of the earth to man. Because he says, the earth God has given to the sons of man. And the way God is, when he gives you He's giving you. No question. The earth God has given to the sons of man, but because of sin, we lost it, and God had to send his son. Remember what the scripture says? You've got to tie things together. That's why when Jesus was on earth, he talked about himself more as the son of man than the son of God. Remember? He was establishing, I am a man, I have authority on the earth. You read that? It says the son of man, when he was talking about, when he was talking about the guy who was crippled, is, is, is it easier to say your sins be forgiven you or rise up and walk? He says, but that you may know that the son, I would expect him to say the son of God. He never said that. He said for you to know that the son of man has authority on the earth. I'm a man, so I have authority here. He was turned over. He got it back. When he rose from the dead, he said, all authority in heaven 
and on earth has been given to me. He didn't have it before. Yeah, he had all authority in heaven. The only place he didn't have was on earth because of man and sin. And after he took that away, he got it for us. Now listen, there is a man sitting up and he's a part of the Godhead. Jesus of Nazareth. There is a man sitting in the Godhead right now. You know, before Jesus came, he was invisible. Now, after he rose from the dead, he said, handle me. I am not a spirit. You know that word? I'm a man. Spirits don't have flesh and bone. There is flesh and bone sitting in the Godhead in heaven. And it looked just like you. That's a great privilege. I pray that God will open your eyes to understand what this means. That's the greatest being in the universe. He looks just like you. Amen. The greatest being in the universe is a man. Just like you. Later I'm coming, I will come to the fact where God talks about for the riches, for us to know the riches of his grace. The riches of his grace that took a clay, just a mere man, and brought him way up to be that great. Amen. It's a mystery. And I pray that as we go into this lesson, God will open your eyes to understand who you are. So you lose the fear of life. Life cannot take you on. Amen. The one who lives in you is greater than life. Amen. And you belong to him. The world don't know him and the world will perish. But you know him. You know him and he lives with you. He lives in you. You shouldn't hang your head down. You can never be hopeless. And whenever you feel that feeling of hopelessness in you, that's not coming from God. The devil is ministering to you. Resisting. Because a child of God can never be hopeless. He's always hoping God. Always hoping God. He says, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones. Don't matter. The powers that be in Washington, he created those. Amen. Principalities and powers. Yes, they do exist. But they are all under his control. He created them. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. For his pleasure. They were all created. They are all under his control. That's why the believer must always realize no matter what's going on in your life, if you are a child of God, the Bible is very clear. It's a simple word. All things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to what? His purpose. There is a purpose of God in your life. So when difficulties come and troubled times, troubled times come into your life, they are not to destroy you. There is a purpose. They are all working for your good. Otherwise, scriptures don't mean anything. And when we are in it and we are in the thick of it, we don't realize God's already working. I don't know if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego realized 
that that fire thing that came is like, God, why did you allow the king to build this stuff? Now, now we're going to be put in the fire. But all of it was to bring them up. They were just ordinary wise men. But after they came out from the fire, they were no longer ordinary. Everybody wanted to touch them. He, he, that's that guy that was in the fire. How was it in there? Who was the other guy that was in there? Even the king was amazed. I'm sure he asked many questions about what had happened. And now ordinary men were exalted in the kingdom. Those difficulties are not to bring you down. They are never to bring you down. God doesn't plan to take his child down. His plan for you is always to lift you up. And you'll go down because you don't have understanding. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13, My people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. You place yourself in captivity. God didn't. Your ignorance is what got you into the captivity. Because you, don't know, you didn't know God's word. But everything was created. Thrones, dominion, principalities. It doesn't matter. They were all created for him. Created by him and for him. And it says, and he is before all things. He was before anything that you see, visible and invisible. Jesus was before all things. And in him all things consist. You need to read Ephesians. You, if you read in Ephesians, beginning from chapter 1, you'll keep hearing this phrase. In him, for him, in whom, everything in him. It's all over that all things in him. Because that's the way God wanted it. All things consist. Without him, no matter. No atom. Nothing. In him, all things consist. Now, why is he telling us this? This is why. And he is the head of the body. The church. That's why he's telling you all of these things. He's telling you about his power, his glory, and all of those things to come to, to you so you understand who you are. He is the head of the body, the church. That's all he's after. He wants you to know you are part of the body. And he says he's the beginning and the firstborn from the dead. The church with Jesus. That in all things he may have preeminence. His body, the church, everything he's talked about, everything that was created for him, then he says, but now he goes, he is the head of the body, the church. Have you ever watched a man's head just walk away from him to use the bathroom and his body is still in the church? If that happens, I'll be through that door real fast. You can't separate the head from the body. But let me give you this. All authority has been given to Christ, the head and the body. He lives up there, we live down here. A man, I wouldn't say, well, Pastor Roy's head has a lot of authority, but his body, that's a different matter. 
They won. They won. And I'm going to show you from the scriptures. They won. The way God sees it. Just as the way God sees a man and his wife as one, that's the same way. Read the scriptures. This is why I believe Jesus said to us, whatever you bind on the earth is going to be bound in heaven because he's up there and you're the authority down here. If you let it go, God will let it go. If you say no, he says no. Jesus said in, uh, in uh, John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the branch, I mean I am the vine, and you are the branches, right? So when you look at a vine, you say, well, that's the vine. <laughs> but this other thing, I had, when you see an apple tree, that's an apple tree, right? You're not going to say this is the, apple, the branch of the apple tree, separate from the apple tree. The one, right? This is the way, I know we see things as men, but God sees things differently. And God is saying to us, renew your mind so that you can be transformed. Amen? Romans chapter 12. Renew your mind so that you can be transformed into this authority figure that God has made you. You got to get your mind renewed. I don't believe in survival Christianity. Tossed to and fro. It's like they are managing you, helping you to have the correct thinking and all of that. That's foreign. That's really foreign to Christianity. There is a power to Christianity. We can't spend years trying to manage the believers... Whereas they should be out casting out devils, <laughs> casting out devils and winning people to the kingdom. All we're doing is managing them, trying to make them survive. And that's survival mentality. Jesus didn't call us to, to survive. You can't be the light of the world if you're just merely surviving. And that's all we can survive, survive, survive. Try to get along from day to day. And today you're down, tomorrow you're up. That's not the way Jesus lived his life. That's not the way. He says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That's not failure. How can you have a sound mind and be depressed? Think about it. That's where we look at the Word of God and we begin to tell ourselves, no, <laughs> my body, you have to line up because God cannot lie. Amen. You better line up. <laughs> one, of, one of us is lying. He said that God told the truth and my feeling is wrong or my feeling is wrong and God told the truth. But the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. And this body, you are a liar, better line up with the Word otherwise you're going to burn. Amen. It was all for the church, his body. It was all for the church, his body. We have to recognize that. In that at that day, you will know that I am in you. That's what he was talking about. The head and the body of Christ. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. 
I give you power, the same power, to, to tread on serpents, trample on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy. And Jesus gave us the word, and many people read, they don't want to believe that. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Is that not what Jesus said? Let God be true. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he says he'll do it, if he has spoken, he will make his word good. Be it unto you according to your faith. Amen. I got rebuked here tonight when I came in. <laughs> uh, Rhonda was telling me, uh, I used to say this when we started our church, that God's going to give us uh, five million years. How many of you heard me say that? I've long changed that, but somehow that thing will not go. That's why you must not say something over and over again. <laughs> I changed that, but it never worked because I said that. Five million years, that's little for our church. Amen? We're going to get more of them. Amen? There's going to be more of them. Because the greater one is with us. I mean, so why are you talking about millionaires? Are we after money? No. I want to be on television in Nigeria, all of our church, right? All over the world. Somebody's got to pay for that, right? <laughs> Amen. Amen. When you tell me God's blessed you and your business is doing well, I rejoice with you and I say, bring the tithe. Not kidding. <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> but that's why I'm praying for God to bless His people. Something I was studying this week. Jesus... Um, Mary had, well, I'm digressing so much tonight. <laughs> Mary had poured uh, some ointment, you know, perfume on Jesus' feet. Do you know how expensive that perfume was? A year's wages. One year's wages. That's something that somebody will earn for a whole year. He didn't face Jesus. You know why? <laughs> it's no big deal. No big deal for him. Somebody who has been scratching and struggling, if you pour our year's wages on him, he'll say, what's wrong with your head? Are you nothing? But Jesus replied when uh, Judas, Judas uh, objected to it. He said, the poor you'll always have with you. But me, you'll not always have me with you. You know what he was doing? Jesus was basically saying, I'm not poor. Amen. Basically he told him, the poor you always have with you. You can take care of them. Because Judah said, you should have given this to the poor. He says, you always have the poor. But me, that's a different thing. He separated himself from them. You can't be poor and be given to the poor. Amen. That's another message, okay? But that's what God wants us to do, good works. It takes time, money, effort to do good works. And Christians are beginning to realize that and beginning to trust. We're not saying all of us will become millionaires. I don't really care about that. Whether I'm one or not, that's not what I'm living for. But I want to be able to help when there is a need. I don't want to be able to hold back I all hold back because I have to consider my own trouble first. No. I want to be able to just let it go. 
That's the important thing about this whole thing. To be merciful. Amen. But let me show you something before we close today. No, I still have some time. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I have some time. Whenever I'm going over, I'm wondering if I can go home today because my wife will let me hear it every time. Every time I go over, I'm in trouble. <laughs> when I get home, you went over 10, 15 minutes today. I didn't think it was that long. <laughs> he says, yeah, you did. Oh, gosh. That's my uh, ministry police. <laughs> All of you who want to go into ministry, consider your mates. Yes, you're real police. They tell it to me. <laughs> uh, when she's done it over and over again, I will go by the a prophet is not without her kid. But I want you to look at this scripture here again, going back to the same thing. Because we really need to understand this and accept it. And begin to see it over yourself. Because I have come to realize that a lot of things happen in our subconscious. And I'm not talking about new age stuff. If you have not subconsciously accepted this thing as fact, so that it's deep inside of you. It won't come out when t- trouble comes. It has to, but you have to hear it over and over again. And then you meditate on it. And it goes into your spirit. And that's what the scripture says. So that you will make your way prosperous. Because now you have put that thing deep inside of you. And it works for you. That's why it's always good to be in the presence of the word of God. I feel sorry for those who stay away from it. If you don't have opportunity to be in God's presence, I mean the presence of God's word, make sure you're hearing that word sometime, somehow, some way. Otherwise, your spirit is going to be real skinny. No muscles. Ephesians chapter 1, which is a scripture that I want you to memorize if you can. Or just read it to yourself. Read it over and over again and pray it out until it becomes part of your life. It's so important. Ephesians chapter 1. It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. I never cease to give thanks for you. Giving of thanks is very important. But you give thanks, making mention of people in their prayer. And that's what I'm doing. I'm praying for you and I give thanks to God for you constantly. I thank him for your life. And I'm praying for you as well. Making mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, just because you have accepted Christ does not mean you, are, you already possess the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Is that as somebody is praying for you to have this, or you are praying to have this yourself? 
I used to think about this in those days. I said, well, Paul prayed for them. Who's going to pray for me now? He's gone. Send him back here so he can pray for me. Because we need that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Guess what? In what? In the knowledge of who we are. In the knowledge of him. We need that. That the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So the spirit of wisdom and revelation is in the knowledge of Jesus Christ himself. I thought I already know Christ. But there is more to know. And the more you know about him, the more you know about yourself. And what redemption is all about. And what God did for you when Jesus went to the cross. That's what God is saying, I want you to know. And he began to tell us the things that he wants God to give to us. The eyes, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so that you know what is the hope of your calling. What is the hope of your calling? Now, when we get there, or while we're here, exactly we mean, while we are here, I need to know the hope of my calling. Your calling is not without a hope. There is something bigger than yourself when God called you to himself. There is a hope to your calling. Everyone that came to Jesus had a special attention. Remember Nathaniel? When he came to Jesus, Jesus spoke to him directly. When Peter came, Jesus spoke to him. And he dealt with them all individually. When you came, Jesus himself said, No man can come to me except my heavenly Father draws him. If you have received Christ, that was not just your making. It was God the Father that said, I want that one. Oh, I like that one. Give me that one. Jesus was telling his Father, I want that one. Jesus said, Everyone who has heard from the Father comes to me. Sometimes we read scriptures, we don't remember this. But Jesus said, if, if, or if no one can come to me except my father draws him. And Jesus said, everyone who has heard from the father, he'll come to me. You did. You know why? You heard from him. God picked you and chose you for himself. He wants to reveal that to you. So that your eyes are open to know what God made you. And we're coming to this later because it talks about the exceeding riches of his grace. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved. How? Through faith. Grace. And it says the greatness, the riches of his grace. I'm coming to that scripture later. But this is very rich. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I believe by the grace of God, I'm showing you things from the scripture. And the way, once you understand it, there is faith that, faith that is growing in you right now. You don't feel it, but it's right there in your subconscious. And before long, your attitude begins to change. Amen. And you begin to believe more. Because God's opening your eyes to see more. Amen. Your eyes being enlightened that you may know the hope of your calling. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe? What is the exceeding 
greatness of his power towards us who believe. So if you are believing, if you are a believer, there is an exceedingly great power that's at work right now in your life. There is a power. God, Paul is saying, I want your eyes to be open to this power that's right now at work in your life, where you're sitting right now. He says, I want your eyes to be open so that you know the hope of your calling, but also the exceeding greatness of his power towards you as a believer. And he says, this power is according to the power that he worked. Amen. You see, God's power always works. Amen. The, according to the power that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principalities and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named. You know the word far above? When he's talking, Jesus said, He who is from, that's actually from John the Baptist. He said, He who is from above is above all. Far above means he's so far. I mean, we're talking about power and authority. He's so far removed with, the, with regards to his power and authority. These things are just way, way down there. He seated him at his own right hand. In heaven, the right hand means a place of authority. It's a throne. A place of authority. That's what Jesus said, glorify me with the glory that I had with you. That means he had been glorified. That's, I believe, John chapter 12, verse 16. After he was glorified. Jesus was glorified when he went up and he sat down. And everything is so way far below him. Principalities way down there. In authority. Powers way, might. Dominion way down there. Because he is seated in the power of God, right at the right hand of the Father, far above principalities and power, and He gave Him. This it says the Scripture says, not only dominion and every name that is named. Every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. What He's saying, if you if you give it a name. Jesus is way above it. Amen? Call any name you want. Cancer, he, oh, he's way above that. Uh, call it want, <laughs> he's way above that. Whatever you name, Jesus is above it. That's what he's saying. No matter what, he's way above it. Not only in this world. And then look at what he says. And he gave and he put all things under his feet. Take note of the word feet. 
is a man's head, his feet. Right? Are you getting what I'm saying? If I want to say, I want to hold, let me hold your head for a little bit, and I go down to touch your feet. You think I'm crazy, right? He's put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to what? To the church, which is his body. We're back again to that. Which is his body. So his body is the fullness of him. Whose fullness? Who is part of this fullness? His body, right? His body, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The church is part of that. He's up there and we're right here. We feel everything within. Amen? Uh, there's no new doctrine. It's right there in the scriptures. Are you, can you read it? It's right there. Without us, he cannot do much here. Amen. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and they pray. That's what he's saying. God cannot do much on the earth unless you bind it, it's not bound in heaven. Unless you lose it, he's not going to be losing heaven. Let me tell you this as I close. God's not going to do anything more for, about the devil. He's left that business to you. Many of us like to pray to, for God to drive away the devil. I used to call Jesus, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, all of you. Help me now. And God's not going to do anything about the devil. He's asking you to do something about him. He says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Not God resisting the devil. That's too low for God. Amen? You resist the devil. Flee means to run away from the source of the problem as with terror. That's what it means. So when you resist him, he says, yeah, come, this is real trouble. I got to run away from here. Because you are part of Jesus' body. A man's body is not different from his head. The one. It's a mystery. This is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our sight. We don't understand it. That's why we go by faith. We have to accept it. If we don't accept it, we insult him. He is the head and we are the body. He is the vine and we are the branches. We are the ones to bear the fruit. Right? Remember? The vine, the branches have to bear the fruit. We have to produce. We are on earth. He is in heaven. Stand with me tonight. There are other scriptures I want to share with you. We can't do that tonight. And uh, next one, I'm going to be going to the exceeding riches of His grace. The exceeding riches of His grace towards us who believe because of what Jesus has done for us. You have to see yourself as a winner. You must change that failure mentality. Amen? They don't recognize it. Now, the world does not know what we are. 
But there's no one there. Because God has changed us. It's a scripture we're going to be looking at that God has already transformed us. It's as, it's, we, are, we are already translated. Just like, uh, what's the name of this uh, prophet who is gone? Elijah. We have been translated. You are not of this world. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight. And let's thank him for his mercy and for his grace. And see yourself, your hands are the hands of Jesus. That's why when you lay your hands on the sick, the sick will recover. Because you are part of his body. It's as if Jesus himself is laying his hand on an individual. When somebody is sick, don't hesitate. Lay your hands on that person. You are his body. He is the head. And he tells you. The head tells you, lay your hands on this person. Do it. And he says, say a few words of prayer. Say it. And he will heal them. Thank you, Lord God. I thank you for the revelation of your word tonight. I thank you, God, for your people because you have blessed us through the revelation of your word. We give you praise, O God. We honor your name and we give you glory. Lord, help us to see that we are the light of the world. You made us that. We are not just little lights. We are the light of the world. And Lord, we are the salt of the earth. Lord, I pray that you help us to accept that and to carry ourselves the way you see us. For two cannot walk together except they be in agreement. And God, we want to agree with your word that what you say, whether, whether we understand it fully or not, we accept it and we, behaved, we behave in the same way according to your word. Thank you, Father. Go with us, Lord God, according to your promise. You will never leave us. You will